We are back with a banger of an episode for you today to cover week six of the NFL. Thank you for joining us, everybody. This is episode number 14 of the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. We're joined by the great doctors of physical therapy, Tom and Sam, and a very special appearance today from writer, friend of the show, Vin Bento. What's going on, Tom? How are you? What's going on? How's things? Doing well, doing well. Big day today. Tom, word is that you purchased a house today. That I is did. a big day. I did purchase a house about five hours ago. Congratulations, man. In Philadelphia, right? Is it? Uh, yeah. Tell us about it real quick. Good little neighborhood there. Solid spot. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, it's in Philly, like downtown-ish area, uh, area called Fishtown. Um, it's a duplex, so I'm going to be a landlord as well. And uh, it's a really nice neighborhood. Like it, it's the type of neighborhood where people just kind of hang out on their stoop, like like stoop kid from from Hey Arnold. Just kind of hanging out there, having a good time, talking to the neighbors as they walk by. Is he is he still afraid to leave his stoop? Stoop kid? Is that do we have, do we have confirmed news on that? Oh, well, well, I haven't <laughs> met stoop kid yet. All right, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for him. But congratulations, Tom! Big big stuff for you. And uh, thank you, appreciate Sam, it. Sam, what, what's new with you, Sam? What's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. Nothing really new over here. Not much to talk about. What's going on with you? Just grinding away. Baby six weeks old. Um, fantasy season churning along. And uh, life's good. Vin, go. welcome to the show, man. We are so happy Thank to you. have you here. Thanks for having me. Thank happy you, to man. have you. Vin is our uh, one of the authors, writes a lot of articles for us. A lot of good content. So listen, let's pick his brain today, baby. Let's get him involved in the uh, in the pod in the show. So Without further ado, guys, let's let's dive right in. So today's show is loaded. It is stacked, jammed, stuffed, filled. I, my students had the PSAT today, so I got a lot of synonyms for us. But we got a lot of great stuff today. Of course, we'll cover injuries and the impact on your fantasy team. I'm going to tell some more people in some more situations to figure it out as our fun segment is back. We've got stinker brink, got mailbag questions, got to start sit. Last week we were on fire boys hasn't always been this good but damn seven for seven for the fit boys last week let's try to replicate we'll see what happens and then we're also starting a brand new round of trivia today for a signed jersey and also possibly for a guest appearance on the pod so some stake in the game for you guys out there sound good boys ready for a good show let's get it all right. I'm going to start with my uh, figure it out. And it's not something that we do every show, but a couple of times a year, I like to tell some people to figure it out as we, we kind of landed on that last segment last time and uh, or that, that name for the segment that is. But going to talk about a couple of things that have been rampant in my mind and, of course, in the NFL as well. So overall, right, I just think people overcomplicate things. And make things harder than they have to be. It could be regular people, athletes, and coaches. Let me let me let me talk a little bit about what I mean by that. First thing, and if you watch the games, you probably already know one of these things I'm going to talk about. We gotta discuss the roughing the passer penalties going on in the NFL right now. It to me has turned into a joke. It's almost made some of these games laughable. There were two really big ones this week, and they are altering. They are game changing. Honestly, possibly season changing in some of these situations. I've watched the plays over and over again. It is sick. It is crazy. The first one was in the Raiders Chiefs game. I watched this play a hundred times. You got Derek Carr in the two minute drill. Chris Jones, great athlete, comes behind him, makes a play. He knocks the ball out and basically has the ball in his hands and tackles Carr. 
they call this penalty on him for a rough in the passer. And then I don't know if you guys saw this, but the, the ref was like interviewed and they asked after the game, they said the QB is protected from being tackled by full body weight. What the hell is a guy like Jones supposed to do? Guy is 325 pounds. There's a thing called gravity, right? I mean, Isaac Newton, we got some basic stuff. He just, what is he supposed to do with his body? I mean, we need these refs to go back to science class and learn about how gravity and how human functions work, right? Give me a break. Like they, they need to learn to levitate. Levitate. All right, we'll do a leap of reference in there. Give me, an, give me a break, though. I mean, it was a good, clean play. It wasn't even a hard hit. I mean, it could change the entire dynamic of the freaking game. Luckily, in that situation, the Chiefs won the game still, 30-29. But if they didn't win, that's on the refs, man. And I hate to see that. The other one was the Bucks falcons And, of course, it happened with Tom Brady. So this, was, this one really changed the outcome of the game to me. Three minutes left. You got the Bucks up. 21-15, it's third down. Sack by Grady Jarrett would have made it fourth and long, fourth and really long. Um, he came off the edge. He basically tackled Brady. Um, would have been fourth down. Falcons would have got the ball with a chance to tie or win. Um, they call the flag on him, right? Like Brady, and I know Vin, Vin's got quite a relationship with him and being a Jets fan, Sam, for all those years as a Pats fan. But guy's a winner and a champion, yeah, but... I cannot take the way that he complains and whines. I mean, put these put these refs that called it, called that play in jail. I don't care what you got to do. Take away the Eighth Amendment. Take away cruel and unusual punishment. You could put Goodell in there with him. I don't really care. And then after the game, Brady's like, yeah, I'm not the one that throws flags. But he is the one that stands there and complains and cries and asks for it. The guy begs for calls. I mean, it's unbelievable. I understand we're in the wake of this stuff with Tua and concussions and safety. And of course, I get to that. The NFL is not going to make as much money if quarterbacks go down. We got to protect them. I get it. But I don't know, boys. That, that's the end of my rant for that one. I just don't know what the solution is. Like, we treat these guys, especially Brady, like they're freaking stick figures, like they're made out of paper. Like, what's the solution? We just go to two-hand touch? Like, let the quarterback wear a flag? Put, put them in a neon jersey to make sure that they stand out? Like, I feel like the league has gotten just soft. I mean, maybe a realistic thing to do make it reviewable, like everything else in sports is reviewable, but figure that the hell out NFL. I don't know. What's the solution for this stuff? I'm sick of watching these soft penalties. I think they just need to, like these examples from last week, it shouldn't be a freaking penalty. Like it, it shouldn't. I mean, it's a different story, I think, if the defender grabs the quarterback and is like swinging him around, swinging him around as he's falling down and like kind of like what happened with Tua. But if he just falls on him like that, like you said, that's just that's just physics. That's just physics. Q Ron Burgundy. It's it's science. It's it's it just <laughs> makes no sense, man. Like I, I get protecting the players, but some of this stuff is absurd. Somebody, one of our listeners, Kyle, sent me a video today and it was this is how long Brady's been in the league. And it was probably however long he's been in, probably 18 or so years ago. It was a hit by a linebacker, literally just lowered his helmet and his shoulder absolutely blew up Brady. Brady just gets up and like walks away and the NFL is like, all right, he's down. All right, for third down. And then now we see like, all right, you flick the guy and it's a penalty. So something's got to change. We got to figure that out. You mentioned put Brady and Goodell in jail. Could you imagine them sharing a jail cell together? What would that be like? An experience I would like to see actually one day. I do like Brady as a competitor, but I'm just sick of him like whining and complaining and Roger Goodell. I, I've seen enough of his face over time. So I'm over that too. All right. 
I've got one more for us, and then we will get to the other content in our show. And boys, want to talk a little bit about humility and being a good person in this world, okay? A little life lesson, right? Life is better when you make good decisions and just try to be nice to people, right? Now let's talk about these athletes, okay? These dudes are supreme, and their talent is unquestioned. But here's what I'm getting at. There's a fine line between being confident and having some swag and being an asshole and being too cocky, right? And I'll say this, karma always wins. Whether whether you believe it or not, karma always wins. I got a couple examples here. Ron Rivera, right? This guy's been coaching in the NFL since before the Civil War started in 1861. You think the guy would know better, right? I don't know if you guys saw this, right? And our boys, Tom, in the NFC East, doing pretty good. And they asked Ron Rivera, hey, like, the commanders are not keeping up. And what do you think the reason for that is? Tons of cameras around him. He goes, yeah, quarterback. The league is driven by quarterbacks. And he just proceeds to dump on Carson Wentz, his leader and his quarterback and the guy that's supposed to lead the team in the franchise. Like, can you imagine being that irresponsible and disrespectful? Like Wentz is not even having a bad year, right? I mean, Dan D'Amato listening out there thinks he's a top five quarterback, but he's not even having a bad year, but that's the difference between winning and losing teams. Sometimes it's the coach. And, you know, if they ask our guy in New York, Brian Dable, the same thing, he would say, Danny Dimes is our guy. We're going to work harder. We're going to do whatever we want to figure it out, Ron. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that, uh, that ticked me off a little bit. And I got one or two more for us here. Our boy, we talked about this a couple of shows ago. I'm on Ross St. Brown, right? Remember those comments that he made about who it was Diami Brown, right? Having a breakout year, love Amon Ra as a player, fiery guy, lots of talent, right? And he said in his press conference that he takes notes on the players who were picked before him, and he called out commander's receiver Diami Brown because he was picked over him, just dumping on him and saying, I didn't really see him in the game too much. Well, let's look at this real quick, and I know Amon Ra is dealing with an injury. Before his comments that were made, he's averaged or did average 25.7 points a game. Since he made those comments, he got hurt, posted 10.3 in a, in a game, then missed a game, and then posted 3.8 last week on a limited snap count. Boys, what did Diami, I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, what did Diami Brown do this past week? He did, he did pretty good. 104 yards and two touchdowns for 23.5 fantasy points, right? More, the moral of the story is don't be an asshole, right? And I was going to talk about a couple more baseball guys that I just despise, but right now this is football season. I just don't like Juan Soto and Manny Machado. And I, I think a lot of people like them. I just, I just think that they're simply punks and I hope the Dodgers eliminate them. I just can't stand watching them like the Soto shuffle. Tom, I know you're not much of a baseball guy. Tom actually asked not me right familiar before the show started, one. is yeah. baseball still going on? I'm like, yeah, Tom, it's actually the playoffs right now. It is. But you got, you got Soto going up to the plate and he's got the Soto shuffle. He like takes a pitch and then he basically stares down the pitcher and grabs his ball sack. Like enough of this guy, like, like just shuffle off the field. I've had enough of them. Karma's coming for you. And last thing is I'm going to say a positive thing that I actually have some respect for Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. He stinks in fantasy and Vin, I saw you today dropped or somebody dropped Russell Wilson and added me. Geno Smith. It's the funniest. Like I, I did that in the league pickup too. of all time. I did that with but, Stafford last week. Oh, it's unbelievable. But at least moral of the story again, at least Russell Wilson has some respect for himself and for the league. And even though he's not doing well, 
he stays humble and keeps working hard. So we need people in general to figure it out. Of course, Ron Rivera and some others too. All right. Oh, I do have one more quick thing to say, then we'll get to it. Back to just playing time. I'll be real fast with this one. Travis Etienne versus James Robinson. Stop wasting the studs in their, in their prime. Jaguar scored six points last week, right? J-Rob started off kind of hot. He has been bad, all right? Last week, J-Rob, 10 for 27, 2.7 yards a carry. ETN, this guy is elite. I'm going to talk about him he later. He looked electric. So good. 10 for 71, 7.1 yards a carry. Is it that hard? I'm sitting here as a, as a regular person. Is it that hard? You want to score more than six points? Give ETN the ball more. And Arthur Smith, don't even get me started about him. He has mismanaged pits all year long. And now London, too. So Drake London, who supposedly was healthy going into the game, played about half the snap. So I don't know what's going on with Arthur Smith. For you, don't even figure it out. You could just leave the NFL. I think he's their next guy to get fired. But that wraps up my segment, boys. I'm fired up about a couple things, a little bit of humility talk. And um, we can see that and talk about, uh, you know, some good stuff. But let's cool off a little bit. Take a, take a nice sip of my beverage we got here. And let's get to NFL injury updates. So we got a lot for you guys. We'll roll right through. Let's talk to our experts. Tom and Sam, these guys, like always, do so much research. They are awesome. They are so knowledgeable. And they're going to give you their best right now. So, Tom, we'll start with you. Jameis Winston, he's got four lumbar fractures. The Saints are two and three. Um, What's his deal? Is he coming back soon? What are we looking at for Jameis? Well, what we need to keep in mind is that his fractures occurred in week one, and we're going to we're going into week six. Typical bone healing timeline is around four to six weeks. Um, now that timeline can reset if re injuries occur, which we could have happened in weeks two and three when Jameis did play. So let's be let's be um, conservative and say that we're at three weeks post injury now. That's, you know, not enough time for the fracture to be fully healed, but it's pretty far along in its healing process. And typically the pain is subsided quite a bit at this point. And like we've talked about, that's the pain is really what is going to going to have had the potential to be limiting James's throwing going forward. So I think at this point, if he plays, he's probably going to be pretty close to 100%, not in nearly as much pain. Uh, but the issue is, the fractures still aren't going to be hundred percent healed. So there is a higher risk for re-injury. Okay. So we'll keep an eye on that pain management. Um, Camara owners, you guys have been waiting a long time for this. Finally looked like himself 23 for one Oh three added six for 91, probably an RB one the rest of the season. And Olave probably a must start too. We'll talk about him a little bit later. So thank you, Tom, Sam On to the AFC with you. We have, both Dolphins quarterbacks, definitely some issues there. We got Tua and Teddy, both with concussions, right? That's what we're looking at right now, Sam? Yeah, that's correct. They, uh, they both have concussions. Um, I know Bridgewater, they said that originally he kind of cleared the protocol in the game and should have been able to return based on their old rules, but they updated the, the policies and based on whatever the trainer saw, they had to hold him out for the game, which for his own health, that's I mean, that's a good thing for him, make sure what happened to Tua doesn't happen to him. Um, given that it's with the Dolphins, I'm not surprised that they held him out. I think they kind of had to at that point because if there's anyone says concussion in that team room, they have to probably hold him out for a while. The cops come storming through the through the door. and they- Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a full investigation. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me like they're, they're, they're being really cautious, obviously because of what happened and what was in the news, but it looks like 
the other guy is going to be the starter this week. Who is it? Skylar. Uh, I forget. Yeah. Name. Skylar Thompson. Skylar. Uh, Tom- is that what we're looking at this week? Is Skylar yeah. Thompson start? I think they already said that he's, they're planning for him to be the starter. And they said, even if Bridgewater does end up clearing the concussion protocol, that he's just going to be the backup for this week. So I think, like you said, they're just taking it super cautious. They're not trying to get anyone a second concussion like Tua. I think they're just playing it safe, okay. which is good, which they probably should do. Another thing to monitor, too. I mean, we have Hill and Waddle. A lot of us on our teams, we'll talk later, don't know if they're playable with Skylar Thompson. We'll, we'll discuss a little bit later. So thank you, Sam. Back to you, Tom. Uh, Baker Mayfield, a high ankle sprain. Uh, what is his deal? What's our analysis on Baker? So it looks like he's not playing this week. The significance here is that it's his right ankle. He's a right-handed quarterback, meaning when he throws the ball, he pushes off aggressively on that right foot to generate power. With any kind of throw, the power all comes from the ground up, meaning from the leg, through the torso, finally into the shoulder and the arm. That's the distribution of the power behind a throw. With a high ankle sprain, what happens is the tibia and the fibula, the two shin bones, they separate from one another just a little bit. Well, depends on the severity, but it can be a little or it can be a lot. This is important because when the bones are separated or gapped a little bit, the foot and ankle is no longer able to be quite as rigid and powerful when it pushes off the ground. So now we're dealing with both pain impacting his his throwing as well as a literal softer, if you will, foot or ankle that can't generate quite as much power. Now they can manage that with wraps, tape, uh, all sorts of stuff to, to try to manage that better. Um, from a statistical standpoint, quarterbacks average missing 1.9 games for high ankle sprain. But interestingly, they or their fantasy stats are not impacted whatsoever when, when they return. Um, Baker has not been good this year at all. Awful. He That's needs to figure it out. I think lousy Tom was the word we used. Lousy is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully the the coaching change will will change things there. Um, but even if he plays next week or the week after, you're not starting him. Guys, that's bad news for Carolina. But the good news is they figured it out. Matt Rule's gone. It's a miracle. He's gone. He's gone. Don't let the door hit you on the way out, man. Free DJ Moore, even though I just traded DJ Moore in my main league, but free that man. He's so good. Or freaking trade him. I don't know. Free CMC. Like imagine him to Green Bay, DJ Moore to Green Bay. How fun would that be? It's a literal league winner. That's why I was hesitant to trade DJ Moore because what if he goes somewhere like that? Or the Chiefs, or I don't know, anywhere like even the Giants could use a guy like him. And he's so talented. But I I think I'm gonna be glued to the Carolina game this week. I don't even know who they play. I just want to see what differences are gonna uh, be made and any adjustments they're going to make. So who's their quarterback? Is it PJ Walker? Yeah. PJ Walker. Got to be better than Baker hands down. <laughs> All right, Sam, your boy in new England, Mac Jones. Uh, we have an ankle there. And then also wanted to talk to you about Damian Harris, who has a hamstring injury. So we're seeing some issues there in new England. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so Mac, he, uh, he continues to be limited in practice. They said his swelling in his ankle has gone down, which is definitely a good sign that he's on the right track. Um, but they said if he was somehow able to play this week, he would still have a decent amount of instability in his ankle. As Tom just mentioned with Baker Mayfield, luckily Mac's ankle is actually his left side. So when he's trying to get power and throw the ball, it'll be the opposite. So it won't be as affecting him as much. 
it'll just be kind of like on the dropbacks and if he does try to run. So I, I kind of think he's going to be held out, out again this week, probably ready for next week. Um, but that's just kind of a guess based on the reports that have come out so far. Um, and that combined with Bailey Zappi ended up actually, he did pretty good. I mean, they, they ended up winning the game, so I'll take it. Zappy hour. That's right. <clears throat> Zappy hour's back. All right. How about uh, how about Harris? How long do we think he's going to be out for? Any ideas on that? A hamstring? Yeah, so this is actually kind of interesting. So Damian Harris, they said he was probably expected to miss multiple weeks. They were considering putting him on IR, but he actually put in a limited practice today, which I just read a report about. So that's kind of interesting. Um, noting that he wasn't out today, that's pretty surprising. So I don't anticipate him to play this week. Our data shows that most of the running backs missed 2.2 games after hamstring injury. So this week, by next week, maybe back in a third week. Um, but either way, I'd be starting Ramondre without any worries if he does somehow come back. You got Vin shaking his head over there. Huge Ramondre guy. It's Ramondre season, some are saying. But you, you just made my night, Sam, because I'm a Harris owner in a lot of leagues. And I thought IR for sure. But to hear that he's practicing, really interesting. I mean, definitely out this week. But I think we'll be talking later about this. But the Patriots now get the Browns 28th rush defense. Ramondre's season might be full effect, guys. 25 for 161 last week. My that was a good call, gracious. huh? My goodness gracious. The Fit Boys were hot last week. Sam, good job out of you, man. Well done. All right, Tom, uh, since we wrote the script for the show, things have changed with Dak Prescott in Dallas. Uh, said he might return Sunday night, but looks like he's not going to be playing, right? You talked a little bit about this in, in one of your articles or posts. He uh, does not look like he'll be playing this week, so it'll be Cooper Rush again. But I wouldn't be surprised if he actually is back by week seven. I know it sounds like every week he's like, oh, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And then he clearly hasn't. But his injury was week one. So by week seven, that's a whole six weeks of his bone to heal following the surgery. But also the more important thing at this point, because his bone is, is that surgery is stable, is regaining that dexterity of his thumb and the strength of his thumb. After a surgery like this, he likely was either casted or braced with his thumb in a immobilized position for several weeks. And muscle atrophy or, or muscle loss happens very, very fast. I mean, within days, you start losing muscle when the joint is immobilized. Um, but also stiffness occurs. And with, in order to throw a football, you need to have a good amount of mobility in that thumb and you need a lot of strength in that thumb. Um, I, I believe that he will have almost all of the mobility and almost all the strength back by next week. So I know we've talked about how Russell Wilson came back really, really quickly from the finger injury last year and played terribly. Dak's going to have, have had a whole six weeks, and I think he'll be pretty darn close to 100%. Is six weeks typical, Tom? That's your normal recovery time? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll vary because they were able to do a surgery that really stabilized the bone pretty quickly. So it wouldn't have been out of it wouldn't have been that crazy if he played this week or even la last week would have been pushing it. But this week wouldn't have been that crazy to me. Um, I think next week is, is more like right on schedule rather than being early or late. Right. And all you Dalton Schultz owners out there can hopefully rejoice soon. We'll maybe mention him a little bit later, but he is, I cannot believe that he has done nothing this year. He's like the 30th or 40th ranked tight end. So 
I think Dak will boost that whole offense, help their run game a little bit. But listen, man, Cooper Rush, not bad. Not a bad NFL quarterback. So, again, something to monitor. Sam mentioned Russ a little bit earlier in the show, but let's talk injuries with Russ. Um, a lat, I believe, right? What is his deal there? What's going on with Russ? Yeah, so he they said he's dealing with a lat injury. Um, so that's just, a, for those of you that don't know, a big, huge muscle in the backside of your back, I guess, that, con- that connects to your shoulder. Uh, so the lat is actually pretty involved with almost everything that you're going to be doing. It's almost like a core muscle of your back where it's going to be involved with like running, twisting, uh, definitely throwing too. So I could definitely see how this has been affecting him over the last few weeks. Uh, they said that he got a PRP injection, which is basically, it's not like a pain relieving injection where they're just trying to modulate pain. That's something they would probably do right before the game. This is something that they're trying to do to help heal his tear in his lat muscle. Uh, so it's where they take the blood and kind of spin it, and then they re-inject the, the plasma and all the good stuff that helps with healing. As for like research on this, they basically say it's not 100% guarantee that it's going to work or it might not work. I actually did some research on it and it said some studies have shown it's actually detrimental to healing. Some show it's helpful for healing. So who really knows whether it's going to help him out or not, but he's definitely going to be limited by this for a little while. Good to know. I had no idea that the injection was actually to help you care. I always assume like an injection is just like, all right, you're going to feel better. It's like a morphine shot, not morphine, but someday that, well, that, that's a, a that's a steroid injection or a lidocaine injection. But a PRP is, is to help stimulate the healing. Good to know. And their backup, uh, if I knew how to say his last name, I would Brett Ripien, Ripien, I got it. Ripen. Ripen. OK, that sounds a lot better. I got to ask you guys quick. Is the backup quarterback the best job in sports? What do you, what do you think is the one yeah. best, like one thing that like the best job in sports? What do you want to be? What do you want to have? I, well, it depends who you're backing up. If you're backing up somebody who never gets hurt, then sure, you're just getting paid millions of dollars to hold a clipboard and throw the ball a little bit in practice. What if you're backing up like Jameis Winston, though? <laughs> you got to be ready at all times. Whether it's he gets injured or he throws five balls to the wrong team, you got to be ready. What about like a starting pitcher in baseball, though? You just pitch once every five days and get paid like $50 million. That's pretty sick, too. It sounds pretty fun. Yeah, backup quarterback or kicker, punter. There's a lot of fun jobs out there. All right. So, Tom, this one should be pretty quick, but let's talk a little bit about what happened to Rashad Penny. I mean, I could cry over it. And I know our our, our boy Frank is out there listening so much, too, but Poor Rashad Penny. So season-ending fractured fibula. Really, really unfortunate. You want to talk about that injury a little bit? Yeah, this sucks for him. I mean, he was starting to really play well, and we saw what he could do last season. He's just dealt with so many injuries in his career. Uh, Fractured fibula, required surgery. He underwent surgery on Tuesday, season-ending. Typically, it's about a four-month rehab. He'll be non-weight-bearing for the first six weeks, which, like I was just talking about with Dak, when – a joint is immobilized, which it will be when he's non-weight bearing. He's going to lose muscle mass in his calf and his shin really, really quickly. Um, but he'll have plenty of time to get that strength back by next season, though. He'll probably start light running in either in a pool or an anti-gravity treadmill around weeks 8 through 12. And then finally, weeks 12 through 16 post-op. He's doing a lot of sport-related um, exercises and agility stuff and things like that. 
Joe, we've talked a lot about the consequence of significant ankle injuries. Do you remember what we've talked about? You really put me on the spot. If I remember when you have a significant ankle injury, doesn't it give you actually more mobility in your ankle? And that's a bad no. thing. Or I, no. no, that's a high ankle and a high ankle sprain. Okay. That's diff. That's a different kind of mobility. That's the oh, wrong, Sam, don't that's the wrong me, kind man. of All mobility. Right, I'm listening. Okay. So what, what does it do? I don't even know what a fibula is. You haven't even told me what a fibula is, Tom. Okay, Joe. So there's two bones in the shin. The tibia is the big one. The fibula is a smaller one on the back outside part. So when we have a, a major surgery like this and the ankle is going to be immobilized for probably six, four or six weeks, um, we, it's very hard to ever fully regain the motion. So we see this chronic stiffness in the ankle where one ankle does not move, the, the affected ankle does not move quite as well as the unaffected one. And our ankles are our shock absorbers. So now forever, when someone walks, runs, jumps, whatever, the shock is not being absorbed in that ankle quite as well. So now you, you lead, you're more prone to like soft tissue injuries in the knee, in the hip, in the back, et cetera. Um, now that doesn't happen every time. I mean, he's going to have rehab every single day. So that should reduce the likelihood of him having this chronic stiffness, but it's, sometimes it's just inevitable. Uh, the other issue is that with this chronic stiffness, the, when you're walking and, and you're not able to roll over your ankle because it's stiff, that doesn't stimulate the glute muscles to fire. So the glute muscles are our strongest muscles in our body and are supposed to provide a lot of support when we're doing athletic activities. But when they are constantly not being stimulated with walking or running or whatever, because of that stiffness in the ankle, they get weak. So then the sequela there functionally is that you're not as stable on one leg when you're running, cutting, jumping, et cetera. So that can also render you prone to all sorts of injuries. With all this said, I mean, he's all, even before this, he has a lengthy injury history. We know that he's so talented, but he's got issues staying on the field. In Dynasty, if you can trade him, go for it. Get what you can is what I would do. He'll have more games in his career that are good, but I, I just can't trust him at this point long term. Yeah, so I was basically going to say all that, like the weight bearing and... And and your whole analysis, Tom. <laughs> um, you expected me to know all that, huh? All of it. All right, great. I'll study for the next time. But yeah, really, really unfortunate there. I mean, simple, um, you know, ramifications, I guess, for it. I mean, we think Ken Walker should definitely be good. Um, keep an eye on DJ Dallas. I'm absolutely not saying to start him, but maybe just give him a look. He's a guy that Pete Carroll has liked in the past, but really unfortunate for Penny and, don't know if he could be trusted going forward. Okay. How about JT? I mean, again, Sam, a guy that first pick, second pick, whatever it was, he has been such a disappointment and now dealing with an ankle injury. On top of that, another concussion, Naheem Hines. What's going on there in Indianapolis? Yeah, good amount to talk about here. So Jonathan Taylor, he sat out of practice today. Uh, Hines, on the other hand, was actually limited at practice today. I almost kind of expect them to be the opposite when it comes to Sunday. I would kind of expect Taylor has a better chance to play than Hines, just based on like the current situation with concussions in the NFL right now. If you saw 
Hines get his concussion. It was kind of similar to two of his night. He had, he had to stumble a little bit. He'd be kind of helped and held up by his linemen um, to help him get off the field there. Uh, as for Jonathan Taylor, so he missed last week. Granted, they played on Thursday, so it was going to be tough for him to get back. It's almost a good thing that they played on Thursday because it gives him a little extra time to be ready for Sunday. I don't think we have to be super concerned about this week yet. Um, wait until we see what he does tomorrow and Friday. But I would anticipate him to play just based on, I know the team needs him. I know he wants to play um, and just seems like he's kind of trending in that direction. Okay, that game, speaking of that game on Thursday, one of the worst, and, and Devin Mayer asked us about this too, what's up with the primetime games this year, man? They have just been like miserable. That game, Did you guys watch the game on Thursday with the Cried to. 12 to 9 is the finish. Lousy. Not, not great. It got, to, it got to a point where it was so bad that I was like all in. I was so about it. It's like this game is so bad, it's good. Like the games, yeah, it's so bad it becomes entertaining. Like, yeah. I, I, no touchdowns. How is that? If you bet that on FanDuel or whatever, it's plus what five? That it's ridiculous. Like, my God, I would literally rather hang out with Jeffrey Dahmer than watch that game again. I mean, it's unbelievable how bad that game was. But a good takeaway for fantasy implications: Alec Pierce, man, he looked good again. Um, maybe not a guy that's going to go off, but if he's available, guys, you have to get him. Maybe even a trade target. Last week he was eight for eighty-one. He had more targets than Pittman. So, Alec Pierce definitely someone to look out for. Okay, what kind what of activities are you and Dahmer doing? Did you, watch, you hang out? Did you watch the Netflix series? <laughs> no, I've heard about it though. I want to know what what you and Dahmer would be doing when you hang out. Um, you watch the series, and uh, you can you can start to use your imagination. That's how bad that football game was. Um, oh my no, no, no further questions, please. Tom, why, why, why don't you close your mouth and talk to us about DeAndre Swift? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? DeAndre Swift, by the way, perfect attendance on our shows. Unbelievable. Uh, guys always hurt, but Lions have a bye this week, but is he, is he coming back? What's happening after the bye? Ankle and shoulder? Not the kind of show that you want perfect attendance on, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, this buy could not have come at a better time for him. Um, it sounds like he'll be ready to go after the buy. The, the re-injury, of course, remains a risk here. He's got two ankle sprains, same ankle in already this season. Um, we know that running backs, only 28% of them meet or exceed their pre-injury fantasy average in the first game after an ankle sprain. But again, DeAndre Swift is one of those 28% who has done that. So that being said, well, obviously you're not starting him this week. He's on a bye. But next week, if he's playing, you're starting him. All right. Thank you, Sam. Over to you, Keenan Allen, a hamstring. Is this something that we think is going to linger all year long? I don't think he's played since, what, week one maybe? It's been a while. What do you got? What's your expert opinion there on Keenan? Yeah, so this is, this is definitely getting concerning here. I mean, he's already missed like four weeks or so. Uh, yeah, he got injured in week one. Um, so this isn't really looking too good for him. Uh, I was looking into some reports, so he put in some individual work today. So he still wasn't working with the team. Um, I saw one quote out there that said he would have to advance pretty quickly in order to play this week. The sucky thing here is that they play on Monday. So even if you wanted to play him, you'd have to have a backup plan because I don't think he will play. Um, so our, 
our data average for hamstring injuries and in wide receivers is only 1.8 games. He's already exceeded that, which we know he kind of aggravated his uh, hamstring like a week ago or two weeks ago. So I don't, I don't love this and he's definitely getting older too. Um, so overall, I'm not, I'm not feeling too good about him coming back anytime soon. So I looked into the team and like their schedule, all that. So they have a buy in week eight. So if he already misses this week, I kind of feel like they may just hold him out until after the buy. I mean, why rush him back for one more week just for him to re-aggravate it? So then you're looking at maybe starting him in week nine, which is still pretty far away. I mean, your season could be over by then. But yeah, as you mentioned, that's tough that Monday night games always suck. It's always nice to have somebody in prime time. But like when you have a guy that's injured, like in this specific case, you can't even really plug in Joshua Palmer. Like you would think, oh, well, Keenan's out, Joshua Palmer. Like he hasn't been good. Um, Mike Williams has been really good. I think he's, while Keenan's out, man, I think Mike Williams right now is wide receiver 11 or so in the NFL or in fantasy. Probably a low-end wide receiver one, 10 for 134 last week. He even had a 22-yard touchdown call back. He had 13 targets. Tom, a word you like is horse. I think Eckler is a horse. He looked really good. He sure is. Even Joshua Kelly, man, played a little role there. So that that offense, very, very interesting. Even with Keenan out, there's definitely some studs you can play there. Um, okay, a couple left, guys. James Conner, Tom. Rib injuries. Is this, without looking into it, is this going to be a, see if I'm learning, a pain tolerance thing? Yeah, Joe. Good job. All right. He I got is... 50% on today's quiz. We're getting yeah. there. Well, you'll have some more questions later. He's day to day. Um, we talked about with Camara how ribs, the way that the muscles attach on the ribs, particularly the pecs, they impact the way that a running back can hold the ball, which is a huge part of their game, is not fumbling, but also taking on hits. So that's where it really becomes a pain tolerance thing. I we don't really see a decline in an athlete's skill set or their performance with this type of injury, but we what we do sometimes see is them not getting as many snaps. And Eno Benjamin's been playing pretty well. So if Connor's out there, I would expect him to not get his typical snap count, but still be productive as, as he as he would otherwise when he's out there. I mean, he hasn't been having a great season by any means, but we know that he can get in the end zone and he can catch a lot of passes and he can be pretty good. I think the Cardinals have just had a, a weird start to their season offensively. So if Connor plays, I mean, it depends on your situation. If you don't need to start him, don't. But if you don't really have much else, then it's not the worst thing to put him out there. Okay. And with Williams hurt as well, I think, you know, Benjamin, a sneaky pickup could be productive, especially if Connor's out or limited. So, all right, Rashad Bateman, a foot injury saw this didn't sound so good. He might be able to come back this week against the Giants. Uh, tell us what that's all about, Sam. What's the might? Is that yes? Is that no? Is it truly a maybe? What's the deal? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Uh, he started out of practice again today and with midfoot injuries. Um, so usually you can kind of assume that's just a less Frank injury, just different word. These ones are not usually that good with receivers. I mean, we only have some limited data. We have like one, two, three wide receivers on our data set and all of them missed the rest of their seasons. Um, so clearly if he hasn't had surgery yet, then it's something that's not as severe and they expect him to come back soon ish, but these injuries can be kind of tough for receivers to come back from because the mechanism of injury is usually when they have like a plantar flexed foot and they land on it. So if you think about when you're jumping, 
and your feet kind of go down towards the ground, almost like you're hitting the gas pedal motion. When you land on your toes hitting the ground, that's kind of how they get that type of injury. So each time they go up for a pass and they have to land on their feet, then the toes will hit the ground first, and that's a good chance that they re-aggravate it. So I don't, I don't expect him to come back this week. Hopefully he'll be ready to go next week, but I don't think he'll play this week. All righty. He's looking more and more to me like a bust after a hot start. I don't know, man. Mark Andrews continues to be just goaded. Unbelievable. Devin Duvernay, a guy I never would have thought I would have mentioned on a fantasy football show. He's looking pretty good this year, involved with Bateman out. Somehow wide receiver 29 on the year, so he's getting a lot more involved. All right. Michael Thomas, foot injury. He's been out a while, Tom. When is your boy coming back? And I wrote this in my notes. Is it, is it, is it, well, first off, is it a foot or a toe? I'm hearing more reports that it's his toe. Is it turf toe? That's what I'm hearing. Okay. So my question for you is this is going to sound ridiculous. What the hell is turf toe? What does that mean? I genuinely, I learned what a fibula is today. What the hell is turf toe? A great question from the teacher. So <laughs> turf toe is either a sprain or a strain to the tendons or ligaments, but of course, a sprain is an injury to a ligament, whereas a strain is an injury to a tendon or muscle. So it's an injury to either the ligaments or the tendons on the underside of the toe. So the part of the toe that contacts the ground. What the issue here is that every time the toe bends upwards into what's called toe extension, or, or most layman people would actually call that toe flex, like flexing the toe upwards, but the anatomical term is extension of the toe that stresses these ligaments, tendons on the underside of the toe. So that's why we see this injury lingering a lot because when we walk or run, especially when we run, that big toe has to bend up to about 90 degrees. So that's a lot of stretch on the tendons or um, ligaments that are injured. And our big toe has to do this for our foot to work efficiently. So kind of like what I was talking about in the ankle, but this will be a little bit different. When our foot is ready to push off the ground. Our foot's really, really freaking wild. It can change. It can literally morph throughout the different cycles of, of walking. So when we are, yeah, Joe, I see your face. You're, you're, you're confused right now. So our foot is like a lizard. Yes. So what happens when our foot is accepting weight, it actually kind of splays out. The bones kind of splay out to, uh, uh, allow distribution of the weight and some of that shock absorption that we've talked about. When we get ready to push off, and this is with walking or running, the toe bends upwards to about 90 degrees with running, and that tightens everything back up. So now instead of a loose, what we call bag of bones, now it's a really tight and compact foot to push off of to create force with. So the analogy I like there when your foot is loose, imagine you're sitting in a kayak and the dock's right next to you and you're trying to push off from the dock and you're using a pull noodle. You're not going to go anywhere. Whereas if you're using the oar when your foot's nice and rigid because your toe is bending how it's supposed to, you're going to create some, some space away from the, um, the dock. So this is why this type of injury can linger and how it can affect running because the toe has to go through so much motion in order for normal gait mechanics with running, but it's getting the injured tissues are getting stressed with this. So that's what turf toe is, Joe. Thank you. 
Now, as far as Michael Thomas goes, it sounds like he's probably going to play this week and he's had two weeks off. So his injury should be recovered pretty well. And I think if he's out there, go ahead and start him. I think he'll play pretty well. Sam, what's going on? Just another thing, quick thing on the turf toe thing. So this is something that's often, it's pretty painful. And unfortunately you might be like, Oh, why don't they just inject it? But they can't really inject the this area of the toe because the space is just so small that often when they put an injection in there, it ends up rupturing the um, like the ligaments or tendons, like Tom was saying. So it often makes the injury worse. So that's why they can't really just put some pain killers in there and say, get out there. All right. The more you learn. Okay, Sam. Tyreek Hill, a foot and quad guy putting together an amazing campaign. Saw that he was in a walking boot after the game, I believe, but what are we thinking with Tyreek? Yeah, I think you're right. He, they said he was in a walking boot after the game, but he actually logged a full practice today. So I would expect him to definitely play this week if he's already putting in a full practice. Uh, I don't think the injury necessarily will limit him this week. I think it'll just be more of the uh, Skylar Thompson quarterback play. So <laughs> if you have the uh, the stones to put him out there, I guess, with the third string, I think seventh round rookie quarterback, then go for it. But I don't know. Could be interesting. I think you got to start him. I mean, this guy can get you 14 fantasy points in one play. Yeah, that's true. And they may even put him in the backfield and just create touches with him. So I guess you probably can't sit him, really. So, Tom, you have the stones? Well, I don't have Tyreek Hill on my team. <laughs> but if I did, I would He's all talk. Him. He's all talk. Just like that time on the show, he said to sit Eckler. He was right, but he never had Eckler. So, all right, Tom. Whatever. Tell us about uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I talked a little bit bad about him before just because of his swag and attitude, but I love him as a player. He's so good. Last week, only a 32% snap rate. Are we looking at a similar thing this week? Or are we, oh, no, the lines are on a buy, right? Yeah, we're looking are... at a 0% snap rate this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about going forward? I mean, the buy, you talked about how the buy is a good time. Um, yes. You think he'll be good after? Yeah, I do. Games two and three after an ankle sprain, 61% of wide receivers are meeting or exceeding their pre-injury fantasy average. So he should be fine when he's back from the bye. All right. Fire him up. Sam Dawson Knox, a foot and a hamstring and another tight end, Darren Waller with a hamstring. Um, Listen, man, tight end just sucks. Like it's Kelsey, it's Andrews, and then... (laughs) Goddard, I don't not know. Pitts, that's it, for sure. Not Pitts. Everybody thought it'd be Pitts, but <laughs> Sam, what's up with these tight ends, man? Knox and Waller. Yeah, so uh Knox, he actually put in a limited practice today. Um, as for Waller, I didn't see any reports on him because they played uh they played Monday night, so I'm not sure what's happening with him, but he didn't return to the game after his injury, so I would anticipate he will probably be out this week. Um either way. Tight ends average missing like 2.1 games. Uh, I would think Dawson Knox will be back because they are also playing the Chiefs, and I think they're going to be all systems go. I don't think they want to lose that game, so I think they're going to put Knox out there. He may not be 100%, but he should be at least playable. Uh, I know the tight end world kind of sucks. He hasn't really scored a ton of touchdowns yet at all this year, but if you got him, he might be better than some other options. All righty. Tom, last couple of guys here, and I'll just mention the injuries. And if there's anybody you want to talk about specifically, you know, whatever you think is most significant, but Kadarius, Tony, both hamstrings. That's just a, a 
a crazy thing to me and how long he's been out for. Uh, Julio Jones, a PLC setback or PCL, excuse me. And Kyle Pitts with a hamstring. And actually a couple more too. I mean, Olave with a concussion. I'm kind of giving you a lot here, Tom. Olave concussion, uh, Taysom Hill with a rib. I mean, what, what are some takeaways there with, with some of these guys? Tony, somebody needs to check his sciatic nerve mobility. Uh, we don't need to go into what that means. Um, he, it's quickly looking like a lost season, but you got to keep him on, on your IR because if he comes back, he could be electric. Julio Jones, PCL setback. So the PCL isn't actually going to heal. What we mean by recovery and healing with this is this pain and swelling becoming more manageable. So that could easily flare up at any time throughout the season. Same thing has happened to Dalton Schultz. Kyle Pitts. Sounds like he's going to play this week. Uh, at least that's what the early reports are. Um, hamstring injury is going to impact that top end speed, that last 80 to 100% of a sprint, which that's Kyle Pitts' game. That man can burn. Uh, that being said, I mean, if he's out there, I'm. it's hard to say. Uh, I'm hesitant. starting him. And I'm starting him if he's out there because there's just so much potential and uh, I'm, I'm willing to let him burn me again because apparently I love torture. Um, <laughs> all right <laughs> who else did we Vin, say Vin, oh, real oh. quick if you have pits are you yes or no are you starting pits if you still have them who else do i have uh daniel bellinger from the giants no i still start pits but i would start Taysom hill over him right now oh for sure for sure okay which is a nice segue Taysom hill rib injury um at this point does not seem too severe they don't seem too concerned We'll just have to monitor him. And he's not a guy that's on the field all the time anyway. So like we, we talked about with Connor, how it could impact snap count. Hill's only out there so often anyway, and, and they usually give him the ball when he's out there. So I think he, he would still be a fine play if he's out there. And Olave concussion, you just have to monitor the, the beat reports to see if he's going to play or not. If he does play, it's not going to impact his performance. Well done and well said, Tom. All right, Sam, last injury is T. Higgins with an ankle. What are we looking at with him? Yeah, this one's uh, a little bit concerning for sure. I think if you have Higgins, you definitely need to have a backup plan in case he doesn't play this week. Uh, originally, there were some reports saying he got a limited practice in today, but turns out he actually didn't get in any work today. Uh, so that's definitely concerning, especially after he reportedly aggravated his ankle injury during the game. Super frustrating when he... You start him, you think he's going to be great, aggravates the injury, and then puts up a goose for you. It was that, such a good really matchup, sucks. too, man. They played with the Ravens, right? Yeah. Oh, it was uh, such a juicy matchup. It sucks. It's unfortunate. I think you're going to have to have a backup plan in case. I, it doesn't. It's, it's hard to say, really. I mean, he could end up being perfectly fine, but if he already re-aggravated it, I'd be a bit concerned. All righty. That concludes our, our longest, but I would say definitely our most important part of the show injuries. And it's the nature of the beast boys. It's what fantasy football is. And, you know, we got to sort through injuries and listen, man, the best managers got to get a little lucky, but you got to be able to sort through these things. And we're here to help you guys out. So Tom and Sam, thank you. All right, let's have some fun here. We got Vin here. Let's get, let's get Bento involved a little bit here. All right, here we go. Back to our, one of our real fun segments. It is stink brink so those of you guys at home first off if you're at home have some fun play along with us you know talk to yourself while you're listening your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend will think you're crazy as you're shouting out stink brink but have some fun play along with us now 
I think all of our definitions for stink brink are kind of different and they may vary. I think it's more of like, do we like them the rest of the year? Is it a guy who we see who can break out eventually and, and improve or are we done with them? Or is this someone like we're trading away and someone that we're not interested in? So here we go. The voices you'll hear four fine gentlemen here, maybe three plus myself. You'll hear Tom first and then Sam, Vin, and then myself. So here we go, boys. Buckle up. Stinker Brink. Start with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who is RB9. Stink. 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 Okay, four for four. Guy stinks. James Robinson, RB15 right now. I want to say Brink so bad, but I think he's on his way to stinking. Yeah, I'm going back to stink too. I'm going to go with Brink. I, I, have, I have faith he'll turn it around. I do not with ETN, I think, breaking out, so I'm going to go stink. Antonio Gibson, RB22. Dinky. Absolutely stink. This is not going to be good. Very stinky. (laughs) Smelly. All right, four for four there. Gabe Davis, wide receiver, 24. Brink. Yeah, I think you have to go Brink after last week. Yeah, I agree. Brink. Not sold. Stink. Garrett Wilson, three bad games in a row. Now wide receiver 27. Uh, I don't, I'm not sold on him. I think he, for now, stinks. I'll go with Brink. I'll give him hope. I'm obviously going Brink. <laughs> but I do also believe that. <laughs> sure, Jets fan. All right, I'm going stink. Never thought this would be a thing. Jonathan Taylor, RB28. Stop it, Joe. You know he's on the brink. 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 Took you a little time there, Vin. Brink well, for me as well. Didn't think I didn't say anything. It's my boy. Right. That's right. Vin loves JT. Okay. Najee Harris, RB29. Oh, he kind of stinks. I'm going to have to go stink for him this year. Maybe in the future, but not this year. Yeah, stink. Tom, you look like you were just smelling a disgusting fart. <laughs> I'm smelling you, Joe. Uh, I'm smelling Najee Harris and his like three yards to carry stink. Halfway through, Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 30 right now. Yeah, he kind of stinks too. I've never been a huge McLaurin fan. I, I'm going to go stink as well. I'm going to go Brink here. I'm with you, Ben. I'm feeling Brink. Devin Singletary, RB30. Get out of here. I don't want him. He stinks. I just traded him in our dynasty league. He stinks. I don't like You're, him. You were finally able to do it? Yeah, finally. I got some, got some picks for him. Wow, good for you. I'm going to go break. He's on the Bills offense. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's good. But does he stink, or you're just saying that because the Bills offense? Does he stink? No, he's good. <laughs> All right. I say stink, man. I'm not a fan of him. Okay. Al Mazard, wide receiver 31. Yeah, I like him. He's on the brink. I'm going to go stink here. I just don't think the consistency is enough to play him. I'm going to go brink. Brink for me as well. Another Packer, A.J. Dillon, RB33. He's got to be better than this. He's on the brink of something. I think he stinks for now, but if Aaron Jones ever goes down, obviously brink. I'm going Brink. Uh, he's got to get more involved. He's going to. So, I say Brink. 
Deontay Johnson, zero touchdowns this year through five weeks. Wide receiver, 35. I do not trust that offense at all. Stink. Oof. Uh, I guess I'll go. I'll go Brink here. I, I th- he can catch anything. He's so good. I'm going. I gotta go with Brink. I'm with Tom. The offense is so bad. I'm going stink. Uh, stink. It's George Pickens season. Chase Edmonds, RB thirty-eight. Get this man out of here. No, stink. Yeah, unfortunately, stink. Currently stink, but the guy in front of him is Raheem Mostert, so he could be on the brink. But he just isn't because he's stinking. No, right. Melvin Gordon, RB39. I'm with you here, Joe. He stinks. I'm on brink. Stink. Stinks. All right, last two. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver 54. I admit that I was completely wrong on him. I was high on him early in the preseason. He stinks. Yeah, he stinks. He's no good. Poo is stinks. Poo poo Smith Pooster Poopster. Get him out. Last player, another Jet, Elijah Moore. Again, wide receiver sixty-five. Oh man, this one's tough. So I already stinked Garrett Wilson. I think somebody's got to be good there. So I'm going to bring Elijah Moore. I'm just going to stay the opposite of Tom here. He's he stinks already. Bring to uh, Wilson, so I'll go stink. I'm going to go Brink. Um, we saw it last year. It, it's going to happen again, same time of the year. Middle of the year, it's going to break out. I'm saying Brink. I think the same thing as you've been. Actually, we do have one more. Mike Spinelli asked us straight up, does Jamar Chase stink? So I put him in this segment here. What are we saying for Jamar Chase, boys? No, that man's a baller. Yeah, I don't know how you could say he stinks. Yeah, I agree. He's does not stink. Just relax, Mike. We, everything is going to be okay with Jamar Chase. Okay, uh, the boys, this is not written into our script for today, so you're going to be put on the spot with some absolutely random things. And you guys at home, I know it's a little bit of a longer show, so thank you for uh, for bearing with us here. We got some real good stuff to finish our show, but let's have some fun real quick. Stink or Brink? Do you like them or do you not? Are you fading them or are you taking them? Tom, avocados. Oh, I love them. Brink, Brink, Brink. Yeah, avocados are good. I'm in. Brink, love them. All right, break for me too. New Year's Eve. No, it stinks. I don't want to stay up that late. Yeah, I go to bed by like nine. Stinks. It's always like hard to figure out plans. Then you wind up doing like nothing. And it's just a whole to do about just another day. Overrated. Or you can go to a bar and spend $300. All right, a couple more. Um, Cats. Yeah, I like cats. They're on, they're on the brink. They're making a comeback. Ah, cats stink. Let's go dogs. <laughs> Obviously, cats. dogs are better, but come on. Cats stink literally. The litter, ba- litter box stink. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, Joe Buck as an announcer. Oh, he's actually grown on me, so he's on the brink. Yeah, I don't hate him. I'll go brink. I'll also go brink. He has grown on me as well. Yeah, I love him. All right. Um... Arthur Smith. No, he stinks. Get him. He out. stinks. I think we all know that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, all right, our last one. Um, Tom Christ. Uh, I don't like him. <laughs> that guy smells so bad. Uh, 
I think he's on the brink. I think he just bought a house in, in Stoop Kids neighborhood. So things are things are seem to return on that. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, two more segments left here. That, that was super fun. So we got some mailbag questions here and always love to hear from you guys so much at home. Um, our first one was actually from Hannah, who asked about Keenan Allen and Russell Wilson. We already answered that. So, Hannah, we love you. Thank you for listening to our show. And uh, we hope we answered those questions for you. But our boy in Germany had a question. Uh, Matt's said, do you think a special warm-up for the offense during the game, so not before the game, during the game, while the defense is on the field, would decrease soft tissue injuries? He said, in his opinion, the teams aren't up to date on this. So I guess he's trying to say, like, while the defense is on the field, the offense shouldn't be sitting. What do we make of this? Tom, what do you think, man? This is interesting. I have not heard this um proposed before but the first thing that comes to mind is when we see like a chiefs raiders game and patrick mahomes drives him down the field for like a 10 minute drive to end the second half and they go right into halftime and then the chiefs get the ball and then he does another 10 minute drive and then they show the 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 video goes to Derek carr who's making his really like angry face and it says like Derek carr has not been on the field in 55 real life minutes and it's like he's not warmed up anymore. He is completely not warmed up anymore. So I think in that situation, that's not a bad idea for the players to be doing something like quarterbacks throw into the receivers, running backs on the bike or, or doing some kind of agility drills, linemen practicing coming out of their, their three point stance. I think the challenge here is they never know how long they're going to be on the sideline for. So they don't want to, go too far. Um, and then a lot of times this is where they're doing a lot of their strategy with their coaches as well. So I, it's a really good idea in theory. I think it would just be hard to put into practice because they it's unpredictable how long they're off the field for. Right. So like rest is good sometimes, but if you're out for a long drive and you're out for that long in real time, I don't know. Maybe Matt's is onto something, man. I don't know. So that's well, he is a PT in Germany, so he he must know his stuff. I didn't realize he was a PT. All right, that's oh, yeah. awesome. Okay. All right, a couple more. So I'll I'll give mine first and I'll let you boys think about it. And we don't have too much time, a little bit longer of a show again, but thank you guys for for staying with us here. So Voff asked if right this second there was a redraft, right? We're starting the season over right now. Who would be, I mean, we don't have time to do the whole first round. Who would be your first couple picks? Um, I thought about this a lot. A little biased because I have these guys. I'm taking Cup first, just a lock every single week. I'm taking Barkley number two. Chubb, a huge surprise. I mean, not that we didn't know he was good, but this usage and his effectiveness has been insane. Chubb at three. I got Eckler fourth round or fourth pick taking digs at five and I'll roll with CMC at six. That's what I got for my first round. And if you guys want to want to give some input, who are we taking like right now? Redraft Barkley one cup two, Eckler three Jefferson four CMC five kind of forgot about JJ Vin you're thinking hard over there. What do you got? No, I, I really like Tom. As Tom was going, I was kind of agreeing with all he was saying. The only thing I might throw in there is, I mean, Derrick Henry has been lighting up the last few weeks. And 
Uh, Travis Kelsey, I don't know how early I would take him, but him and Andrews, that positional scarcity is a big deal, tight end. So I, I would look at them earlier in the first round than maybe they were they were looked at in most leagues. Okay, I agree with you there. Sam, what do you got, man? I agree with what you guys have already said. I don't really have too much difference to say other than like everyone kind of rid off, wrote off Geno Smith and all of the Seahawks, but they've actually been pretty good. <laughs> Sam's going to so take Geno in the first first. No, not in the first round, but I would just all bump right. them up a little, a little bit. Bump to the Seahawks. Okay. One more mailbag question, and we'll, we'll shorten this a little bit, so sorry about that for, for the people who suggested it, but right now, who is the fantasy football MVP through about a quarter of the year? I'll give mine first. I'll give you guys a second to think. Mine is weird. Like you might want to say like Cup or Barkley or Chubb or someone like that. Right now, I'm thinking Josh Jacobs. Reason why is he's a guy you picked like fourth or fifth round. He's RB4 right now, man. He The last two weeks, he had like 27 and then 32. That's like some league winning stuff right there. So if you got Jacobs, man, good for you. What do you guys think? Quarter of the season, fantasy MVP. I got Geno Smith. I mean, he's the QB six on the year. He's crushing it. You can pick him up off waivers. Great you guy. Love Geno Smith. All right. It really is a good pick, though. Uh, I would go Jamal Williams. I mean, that guy has been just balling. Um, I, I'm a little concerned going forward. I don't think he can keep it up, but that wasn't the question. The question was through this part of the season. Flaw in the system. All right, Vin, who's your MVP? I think I'd go Josh Allen. I know quarterback, like, you don't go, you know, that much of a difference normally, uh, the top guys, but. He's been head and shoulders above most of the other quarterbacks. Big positional advantage, like you were talking about with Kelsey and Andrews. Okay, get to some more questions next week. All right, one of our last big segments here is start, sit. I mean, boys, 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 sound the air horn. We were seven for seven last week. Well, mostly seven for seven. We talked about my Melvin Gordon take and how he had like 10 points, but I still think he wasn't good, but you guys were freaking awesome. Vin came in with the Kareem Hunt play. Let's see if we can replicate replicate uh, magic again. So I'll start. Start of the week. I know some of us have been starting them. Others haven't. But I'm going to do the same thing I did last week where I said you're going to start this guy and never look back again and never question yourself. It's Travis Etienne. All right. He's so good. Um, I think they're going to be in a really close game against the Colts this week. He's every single week, just like Brees Hall. He's playing a higher percentage of the snaps. And we talked earlier in the show about what he's doing with his snaps. He's better than Robinson. Robinson is on the downtick right now. Um, and again, plug him in. Never look back the rest of the year. All right. My sit is going to be Jalen Waddle. Um, probably tough to sit him. But listen, he's wide receiver seven on the year. People see that plug and play. I don't think so this week, man. Last two weeks for Waddle, 4.9 and 3.8. Um, they have a home game this week. I think they're going to lean on the run a lot. But the big reason for the Waddle pick here is the quarterback, Skyler Thompson. Last week, only 19 for 33 for 166 yards, zero touchdowns, a fumble, an interception, quarterback rating of 58.4. He's a playmaker, but I think you can trust probably Tyreek Hill, who can just make something out of nothing. Waddle, I'm not so sure about, man. Might give you six, seven, eight points. Um, so I'm sitting Waddle, and I'm starting ETN. Tom, who you got? We'll go Tom, Sam, and then we'll hear from Vin. So my start, I think, in his second NFL game, he's going to take a lot more snaps, especially tomorrow night, primetime, Brian Robinson. 
He had nine carries in his first ever NFL game, plus that happened to be his first game after getting shot. Gibson stinks really bad. And guess what? The Bears are allowing the second most rushing yards per game this season. So I think Brian Robinson has a chance to have a really, really nice night tomorrow. My sit is Michael Gallup. He only has six catches on eight targets in his first two games. He's still under nine months post-op from that ACL. His snap percentage actually went down from 65% to 55% in his two games he's played so far. Um, Cooper Rush has been, he's been a fine game manager. Obviously he hasn't lost, but he's not putting up electric numbers. And the Eagles secondary is loaded with Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And they're really getting after the, the quarterback. It's a tough matchup. And, and Gallup hasn't shown us anything. He did score in the first game, but that was like a, kind of like a backyard football quarterback ran around a lot and then finally found him open type of play. Um, I, I'm not ready to trust Gallup yet. Love the B-Rob call, Tom. Well said. Well done. All right, Sam, what do you got? All right, so I'm going back-to-back weeks. I'm starting uh, Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Um, I don't mean to just be playing Patriots players, but he did so well this past week. I think he put up 111 yards, uh, a touchdown on like seven receptions, something like that. He's just been exceeding expectations for me from a fantasy standpoint this year. So, and he was a steal, uh, later round kind of guy. So I'm starting him and to go along with that, Devonte Parker, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, the three of them combined for one reception last week. So they're definitely looking to Myers and they're trying to create touches for him. Um, as for a sit, I'm going to go with DJ Moore this week. It's with PJ Walker starting Matt rule, getting fired. I think, the entire offense is just going to be in shambles. I don't expect him to be able to do very much. I checked last year's uh, records and DJ Moore had a whopping four receptions for 24 yards when PJ Walker got the start. So I don't, I don't have high hopes for him. All right. Jacoby Myers and DJ Moore. I'm rooting for DJ Moore. I just love him so much as a player, but I disagree with you there, Sam, but I hope that you're right for our, uh, for our show ratings. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for our for, for the quality of the, of the content. All right. Vin, guest of the show. Vin, you're you're a natural out here, Vin. You're crushing it today. What do you got for us, Vin? Yeah, my debut starts at segment, so uh no pressure. Uh so I'm going a little bit deeper on the start, I think. Um more of a flex play, but I think you can start Darius Slayton this week. Uh receiver on the Giants. He is the only receiver on the Giants, I think, pretty much. Uh, last week he had six catches, um, led the team there and Tony, obviously we talked about, he's still out, um, probably as is Galladay in practice today. Wandale was limited today, I think, but even if he does play, I wouldn't expect too much from him. So Slayton, um, against that Ravens secondary third, most fantasy points allowed to receivers this year. So I think you can start him in a pinch and then sit. Then that, that's bold, Vin, because I know you wanted to say Ramondre, but I told yeah, but you not to because it's like, quote unquote, too obvious. That's more start of the week, not you can start. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, I like the Slayton call. Okay. Who are you saying? Sitting. I mean, I don't know if you really can, but I don't think Najee Harris is going to have a good game at all. Uh, going against the Bucks, which is, as we know, for the last several years, I've been absolutely just smother running backs uh they're second this year fantasy points allowed to running backs um and i don't think the steelers offense is going to get much going 
Not sure if he's hurt or what his deal is, but last week um, he didn't really look very good. Warren looked better in what I saw, and he outsnapped him. I know it was obviously a blowout, but um, yeah, I don't think you're going to get much from Najee this week. All right, Vin in the debut, baby, starting Slayton and sitting Najee Harris. All right. Just about wraps up our show, but we got the trivia question, guys. We are back, and then that will do it for our week. So round two of trivia. So last round, we gave away a signed jersey, a signed and framed Austin Eckler jersey, actually. So this time, we're going to have two winners. So if you don't know how the show works or how the trivia works, we're going to have two winners this time. You can get so for the next three shows, this show and our next two shows, we're going to have trivia questions for you. For everyone that you get right, you get another entry into it. Um, so we're actually going to have two winners for this one. One will win a signed Jersey signed and framed. Haven't decided the player yet, but we always get some quality stuff for you guys. And then the other winner will get a chance to join us on an episode and hang out with us and talk football with us and, and give their input. So here's how to get entries. One way to get a free entry is right now, as you're listening to the podcast, we probably just tweeted it out, uh, from our fit account. All you got to do is retweet it and tag three people. Show, spread the love for us. Share some love. Tag three people who don't know, don't know about the show, and we will give you one entry into the contest. And now for this one. It's a little bit different than our last contest, okay? So it's a trivia question, and if you just answer it, just simply by answering it, by sending us a DM on Twitter, at injury underscore fantasy, you get an entry, okay? If you get this question right, you get another entry. So you have a chance right now to get yourself three entries into our next contest. So here we go. Listen, boys, everybody thinks it's easy to predict the NFL and fantasy outcomes. Let's see you guys at home try it. Okay. Here's your question of this week. And again, if you answer it, free entry. If you get it right, another entry for you. Which player will score the most half-point PPR points this week? Multiple choice style, fellas. A, Raheem Mostert. B, Michael Pittman. C, Marquise Brown. Got some weird ones for you. So once again, great chance for you guys to hop on our show with us one time or win a really awesome signed and framed jersey. So that is that. You guys want to give your answers? Should we not uh, talk about this? Or Tom, Tom, what are you thinking? Who's your answer? A, B, C. Uh... Mostert, Pittman, or Michael Pittman? Michael Pittman. All right. Ben, who you got? I hope it's Michael Pittman. Uh, So I'm playing against you, and I have him on my team this week, Joe. Um, But I think I'd go Hollywood. All right, Sam, who you got? I'll go Mostert. What the hell? Oh. I'm going to say Pittman just because I'm playing Vin. Vin, we got to have a friendly wager or something. I'm playing Vin this week in two leagues, one league. I'm playing you in in our main league, so. Loser has to uh, wear a chicken costume on the next podcast and do something real weird. We'll, we'll come up with something, but that about does it for our show. So a little bit over an hour, but we really, really appreciate you guys listening and, and Tom and Vin and Sam. Thank you guys so much. And for you listeners, we hope you guys had a blast listening and had some fun and learned some, some things about injuries and fantasy football. And uh, we, we really, really appreciate your time and, and your support. So thank you guys so much. And, and Tom, Sam and Vin, thank you guys. And, We'll see you guys next week. Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.